Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Meek Mill just texted me. It is time for six rings and football things, ladies and gentle friends. Hello to all the good Pats people and Foxborough faithful, your old pals, Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Hart. Once again, coming in with the latest and always greatest edition of your favorite Foxborough football program. Today, we're going to be talking about things that Pats management people said in the desert. That's right. The NFL owners meetings 2023 are underway at the lovely Biltmore Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona, just outside where Super Bowl 57 was played. And Andrew, I got to tell you, both coach and owner gave us lots to chew on. We're not talking about just like scraps that we would only eat if we was starving and hadn't been fed for days. We're not even talking about stuff that's just good enough for the dog. We're talking about like brontosaurus bones, big tomahawk ribeyes, Food for days. So let us begin with the owner's words, which if you stop and listen amongst the (laughs) birds chirping, it was more than just little Tweety birds telling us things yesterday. Last year, of course, Mr. Kraft did his owner's meetings. uh, We'll call it uh, availability uh, by a truck that was backing up in a parking lot near a construction site. This year, he does it by a cactus tree with his dog Heisman by his side. Birds chirping. And we begin with uh, a name drop, if you will, something that didn't even need to be said that set the Pats world, the football world and the Twitterverse on fire yesterday afternoon at the tail end of his 10 minutes of remarks. Robert Kraft says he received a text message from rapper Meek Mill, who he struck up a curious friendship with years ago as he lobbied for criminal justice reform to hashtag free Meek Mill. He did. They're buddies now. Robert Kraft does love him a celebrity friend. He loves being relevant. He loves being famous. God bless him for everything he's done for the region and our football team. He says Meek Mill texted him that Lamar Jackson wants to be a Patriot. And then he he didn't even need to bring this up. Then he could have said, oh, but I texted back. We're very happy with Mac Jones. He doesn't say that. He does mention it. And then he says, and I'll leave that up to Bill. (laughs) Oh, Smokes, Andy. I mean, 
where do you just begin unpacking? Cause we'll be here for days. It, well, first of all, I love it. I, I love just adding, injecting life into the offseason. We have sort of gotten through free agency. The draft's still a ways away, and, and these meetings often do, thanks mm -hmm. to Bill and Robert, more Robert than Bill, inject life into the offseason. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the story of the NFL because shortly before Mr. Kraft, sorry, Robert, don't call him Mr. Call him, yep. I shall never again. Yeah, yes, thank you. Although I, I'd like to say I get like a waiver or something. I mean, he was my boss for like 18 years. I think Mr. Mm -hmm. Kraft is respectable respectable anyway uh yep. robert um that a few hours before he spoke lamar jackson put out his little tweet thread saying he had asked for a trade out of baltimore um mm -hmm. which as of march 2nd so it, that was three and a half weeks ago yeah it's also unnecessary you're a free agent like you don't need to ask for a trade and the automatic trade of the franchise tag is all, so whatever forget that um this it's funny because this is part of the lamar i think promotional tour you know this guy ken Ken Francis, whoever the F Ken Francis is, his business partner was reportedly contacting teams illegally because he's not an agent. Mm -hmm. He's not allowed to do so. Mm -hmm. Now you have Lamar going on Twitter. Now you have Robert saying Meek Mill. Like, feels like Lamar is desperate. And I don't know if you'd say the Patriots are desperate, but Lamar is desperate to get some attention, to get some offers, maybe to get out of Baltimore, increase his value. And mm -hmm. a certain portion of Patriot Nation would embrace the idea of Lamar Jackson. Me? It's weird. I've settled in on, I kind of look at Mac Jones and Lamar Jackson as being similar while being on opposite ends of the spectrum. <gasps> that makes no sense, Andy. How can they be We're similar? We're similar, but different. different. All right. I'm going to go ahead and do what a host should do at this point. Please explain. So I think the similar part is, I don't think either is going to win the Super Bowl. I think the different part would be the entertainment value. I think mm -hmm. Mac is and the marketing and relevance, popularity, yeah, all of that. stratospheric no, like, value. Yeah. Stuff that doesn't matter. All the right, stuff because, that doesn't matter. Yeah, because Mac Jones had a top 10 selling jersey his rookie season 2021 because they got off to a hot start, or at least they look sharp. They look competent. He looked every bit the part of a top uh, upper half of the first round draft pick, new franchise quarterback, you know, held, held his own in games against Dallas. And then, of course, in Brady's return, he was heralded as the new champion. Then things kind of ground to a halt. Rookie wall. Team's not as good as we thought they were. This Matt is all pressure. 2022 absolute dumpster fire and shit show on ice. Hey, hey, hey. It's all right. You've done the same. Come on. Don't please. Uh, calling 2022 anything less than a shit show is doing it a disservice. Experiment. Robert called it an experiment. Okay. Well, some certain experiments go awry and they make their way from experiment to hypothesis to theory to shit show. But we didn't even get a good experiment. Like the Incredible Hulk was a good experiment. You're like, holy crap, we can't control it, but that's really cool and awesome. Mm -hmm. We got like, you mix the baking soda and the vinegar and nothing happened. Like nothing happened. Like we dropped the Mentos into the Coke and nothing happened. That was No, you dropped the Mentos in the Coke and then you forgot to screw the cap on and then you put it in your kid's backpack and now the kid has Mentos and Coke all over his pants and his backpack and it's on the and school said, bus. And he said, what the F, Dad? And now Dad's <laughs> mad at him for saying, yeah, what the Exactly. F. Now you're not supposed to yell at Dad. You're not supposed to drop. <laughs> it's good, see? Who, who saw that coming? Who saw that I, coming you know, in here? I, did, but, I didn't, but now, but we've, we, we're, we've podcasted and radioed so often now, we should be session musicians when it comes to this stuff. Anyway. Hey, great. So, so Lamar, I, the very yeah. simple part is, I still think, because our morning show, the Greg Hill Show, put out, I thought, a dumb poll this morning um, in the last few days when you can actually no. put out polls. Like, no. it was like, simple question, who's better or who would you rather have? 
Mac or Lamar? That's not the simple question because to get Lamar, I have to trade and invest $200 million. So the question is, do you want Mac Jones, who you drafted in the first round and is cost effective for the next couple of years, mm-hmm. or do you want to give up at least a first round pick? I know people are starting to say, would you give up a first round pick Mac in a trade? Like those would be your two things. Maybe one other pick. Baltimore's not biting on that. I don't know. Yeah, suckers are born every day. The The freaking Atlanta Falcons took John o. Smith, Arthur Smith bit. So you never know who's going to bite in the end. I'm telling you, he's going to end up. Ha- he's not going to have a season commensurate to the contract he signed several years ago. John o. Smith will have a much better seat only just because that's all I can offer. And yes, I do extend this olive branch to the Atlanta Falcons on March 28th, 328 day. 328. You're such a dink. Doofus. I'm such a see. Oh. There's still a shred of super fandom left. Not much. Just Not a much. Tiny bit. No. Kind of weak sauce right now. I'll be honest with you. You got weak I, sauce going. I, on. I, I. You know, honestly, I'm just too damn tired. I. I'm just the tilt a whirl of my life. And Pat's. I mean, it's Belichick. He's got a pin on his gut. Robert Kraft mentioning Meek Mill. Is it Jerry Judy? Oh, Lamar. Like it's. It's madness. It's like there's never a dull day, which is great from a content and analysis and talk show perspective. But every now and again, you do get Patriots Whipple will fatigue. See, I love it. I, I've, I'm reinvigorated by the last couple of days. I mean, and we'll get into what Bill had to say that oh, reinvigorated boy. me in not a great way. <laughs> um, but the the Robert thing with with Lamar, I feel like it's a it's a comparison of desperation. Who's more desperate, the Patriots or Lamar? I, right now, I would argue that Lamar is more desperate. He is finding no That's one wants much. him. Yeah, like but, no one, I, but why? Why does nobody how do how and why? It's beyond collusion now. I do not believe this has very much to do with Jimmy Haslam's idiotic contract that the Cleveland Browns signed Deshaun Watson to last year at the height of his infamy, if you will, which is just insulting in so many regards to so many players who deserve better. Uh, and then on top of it all, they uh, arranged the contract so that he only missed out on making like a million dollars last year. For a certified POS who did okay, anyway, I, I I think people are just afraid of committing to somebody they think is injury prone. It's almost like Lamar would have done. He see he protected his assets last year himself mm-hmm. by not playing once he got injured, and I feel like if he came back for the final game of the year and or the playoff game, sure he would have put himself potentially in harm's way or at risk, but he may have done getting that contract more of a service because he would have proved himself a tad more durable for somebody who's looking for in excess of $180 million guaranteed. Yeah, I think there are a lot of factors, but I still think the biggest is, I think there are doubts in the NFL as to whether you win the Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. Do you just become more exciting, fun, good team? You can win on any given Sunday, but does Lamar Jackson make you the team that can win three games in a row in January and February against the best competition in the NFL. And I think there are doubts about that. And then you add in, oh, I got to give up first round picks to get him. Oh, I got to guarantee him $200 million. Oh, he's been dealing with some injuries. I think the one in three playoff record, that's damning. I mean, that's alarming to some people. And I, and I don't know. And, and the, you know, that whole question of, do you have to change your whole offense? Like, mm-hmm. am I now making significant personnel changes around Lamar because certain pieces do or do not fit with his style of play? And I think you put that all together, and he's he's like a high-class NFL uh, NBA player. Like, there's those players that are borderline top five to ten NBA players, mm-hmm. but I think people look at him and say, will he get me 30? Probably. 
Will he get me 50 regular season wins? Probably. Will I get past the second round of the playoffs? Probably not. And I think that's Lamar. Maybe you, you might get past the second round of the playoffs because he's never really, I, I think this Patriots team, at least the Patriots offense overall, believe it or not, if he were to come to the Patriots tomorrow would potentially be the best set of skill players surrounding Lamar Jackson. He's never had a, he's thrown touchdown passes to Mark Andrews, Willie Sneed, Devin Duvernay, Nick Boyle. Like he's had a good offensive line and some good backs, many of which have been injury prone, more injury prone than Lamarvelous himself. He's a be- much better passer than people give him credit for. He's, he's, I think he's actually worked his passing game up pretty nicely. He throws a good football he's and fine. he's more, he's more accurate than people believe him to be. I think it is the, I think it is the draft capital because if he were just a straight up free agent right now, multiple teams would have bid on his services. The Colts, probably, but it's the whole package. The Detroit Lions, as it's Mike Reed says, in. it's the whole package. Like you don't get to pick and choose. Well, if he were a free agent, I'd take him. He's not right. Like I, you, mm-hmm. there will be draft pick. Comp- I mean, technically, he is a free agent. I should reword that. But there's draft pick compensation because of the franchise tag and/or a deal you'd have to do. So, bottom line, Fitzy, one-time mm-hmm. super fan, now lost soul in the world of Patriot <laughs> Nation. Um, do you want Lamar? Uh, I will say. Words Do I want him? This. Yes. At this, at that. Well, this is a perfect time for a commercial break on six no, rings. And football. I oh, need an answer. Do I want Lamar? Yes. Am I paying the price? No. That it, if I could come through this, I know, I know. Three, I would rip no. your freaking yes. head off. Okay. Yes. Jam yes. Down your throat. Yes. I will. You want to know why? You want to know why I'll say, you want to know why I'll say yes? Because as, as much as I believe in Mac Jones, as much as I would love to see Mac Jones fulfill uh, what he began in 2021 and go beyond that. The excitement factor. See, just the same way you found your pilot light lit yesterday by the combination of Kraft's words and especially Bill's antics, as we'll as we'll phrase it or frame it. I would just love the. I just want to get back into like overexcited, unnecessarily confident, frenetic superfan mode, as opposed to like always trying to make things work. You know what? I just want someone to come home with really expensive groceries, as opposed to having to always like look through the cabinets in the fridge to whip together a gourmet meal based on a bunch of freezer burn leftovers. I would just love, you know what? Patriots have one of the top five, top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, red throwback jerseys are selling at a rate fanatics can't even possibly keep up with. The Patriots have buzz. Now nobody knows who's going to win the AFC East because it's Rodgers versus Jackson versus the Miami offense versus Josh Allen. Like I want an absolute battle royale. I want the entire AFC East to turn into an episode of Yellow Jackets. I have no idea who's going to survive. I have no idea which way it's going, but I love the excitement and the unpredictability of it. Right now, the Patriots are going to be a very like workmanlike proletariat 10 and 7 at best. In fourth place. And likely third or fourth place. Even though no. Fourier continues to say they're going to finish in second place this year. Since when maybe to Fourier? We're not going to anymore. We're not going to. We, we. By the way, I was even going to text him based off of his appearance. His uh, the first day back with Gresh, he sounded all full of like vim, vim and vigor. He was opinionated and and supercharged. I would like to think that's because of the energy last week, dear listeners. As we were not with you on the regular as much, that's because we were holding up Christian Fourier during the midday show because Andy Gresh was gone all week. So we charged up Fourier. So. Middays and Christian, you're welcome. Audience, we apologize, but we're very happy to be back with you. Andy, before we 
before we wrap up our opening segment on the Lamar words, there's much more about what Robert Kraft said. Um, do a, do you want Lamar Jackson for the price that would have to be paid? And B, why do you think Robert Kraft said that when he could have just easily not told people about his famous rapper friend tweeting him and then dropping it in the lap of Bill Belichick? Because now if the Patriots finish eight and nine and Matt goes 27 touchdowns, 13 picks, and they're fine. And Bill O'Brien does everything he can to make lemonade out of the, you know, three day old lemons. That is the talent he's working with. People are going to say, ah, but Bel- Kraft said Belichick could have had him and he didn't want him. So why do you think he said that? Um, to inject, well, first of all, I think he's probably being honest. It's probably a text he had. I don't think he's making this up. I think this actually happened. Do I um, tell you about every text message I get? No, please don't. I don't <laughs> want to know your freaky fitzy world. Uh, I, I think Robert loves buzz. I think he likes buzz. Right. and He knew this would be buzzed. I think Robert sometimes likes to put people on the spot. And this puts Bill on the spot. I think there is an aspect of that. And you're right. In a way, Bill can't win here. I mean, I guess if he went and got Lamar and they win the Super Bowl or he sticks with Mac and Mac looks awesome, I guess Bill wins. But if he doesn't go get Lamar, which is probably the most likely, and Lamar looks good wherever he plays and your offense stinks, well, that's on Bill. And if he gets Lamar and you're just a mediocre team with Lamar, well, that's on Bill. That's why I pay him to make these tough decisions. I I just took a text from my friend who's a musician. I didn't Mm -hmm. make him do anything. No, I just threw it out there. So I think it's a it's a good spot for Robert to be in. There's buzz about the Patriots, mm-hmm. and he puts pressure on Bill Belichick, who I think Robert right now is enjoying putting pressure on, and that we'll get to more of that in Robert's comments uh, in the next segment. Yeah, I I think that was a all right. I keep extending olive branches. I keep cutting slack to Bill. I keep letting him do things his way. I'll let him do it again. But I also just want everyone to know that I did offer him the big red button, which was hit this and you tell me that we need to pursue Lamar Jackson and I will let you do that, which to me was an absolute jaw dropper. And that's why the Patriots world and the football world itself all damn near set themselves on fire after that. Uh, All right. Yeah. I would take Lamar Jackson. I think everybody would love the buzz. Everybody would love to see how the experiment goes. They would, it would cost them a ton of money. That's not our money. I'm not worried about that. Wouldn't have to hear about the Patriots don't spend enough cash. The Pats don't spend enough money. It would cost him some first-round draft picks, but I do think with the talent on this team right now, Lamar could compete at least for a playoff spot, if not make the AFC East extremely interesting. And oh, but the buzz, Mr. Kraft has coveted return to the stadium, a stadium that was a third empty on Christmas Eve last year, would be back manifold. All right, we're moving along with Six Rings and Football Things. Give us a follow at Six Rings Pod. Subscribe, share, like, review, the whole shebang, the whole nine yards. Let us know how you feel. Tell us what you want us to talk about on the podcast. A long and very exciting offseason that has reinvigorated the two of us here on this pod continues. Hi, Bruins fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. It's not just a podcast, it's the 25th hour of the day. Your weekly source for all things New England Patriots, right on time, your time. 
In the car, navigate the streets of the NFL offseason with wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So we open talking about Lamar because that is obviously a gift to people who do what we do for a living. Now let's actually get into the weeds and the nitty gritty of what Robert Kraft said before the Lamar Meek Mill text bomb, as well as Bill Belichick showing up in a pink gingham shirt with a pair of crappy shorts (laughs) and a Robert Kraft anti-Semitism campaign button placed on the left side of his abdomen. The only person in the world who not only would wear a button on the left side of their abdomen, but would then be obtuse when asked about what the button was and why he was wearing it where he was wearing it would be, of course, Bill Belichick. Um, Andy, I feel I know you're dying to just talk about Bill. I got to hold you at bay because once I do, I know it's cry havoc and let's slip the dogs of heart because you're just going to savage and get after Bill for his Monday avail at the owners meetings. But anything else from Robert Kraft's words stick out to me? The biggest one was when he said, um, uh, I really want Bill to get the record and pass Shula, but, and then I could hear a giant ellipses in his head before I even had to read it on the socials, but dot, dot, dot. It's very important. We make the playoffs next year. To me, that was as ultimatum ish as Robert Kraft will speak when referencing his football team and his long tenured, very successful head coach. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's any question. He, applied pressure to Bill Belichick he has in recent years but I think this is the most this was borderline as you said ultimatum like yeah the record's great but he said we don't care about our players stats we're here to win right like Mm -hmm. Bill is now dying under a knife that he once held he once wielded he created this culture of it's not about the past it's not about individual stats or accomplishments it's about winning and losing and despite Mr. Kraft sorry Robert's shady memory shoddy memory uh they've had a losing record in two of the last three years they Uh, they have a losing record andy i apologize for stepping on your verbal toes but they've had a losing record overall since tom brady left if you include the buffalo game they are one game under 500 on mass since tom brady took his talents to tampa but the reality is you didn't make the playoffs two of the last three years because you were a loser loser it's not I'm not I'm not taking that as a shot at you. You had a losing record. You lost more than you won. So you're a loser in the bottom line world of Robert Kraft, which used to be the bottom line world of Bill Belichick, but apparently isn't anymore. Now we live off past accomplishments and laurels. And despite players never being allowed to do that under Bill Belichick's watch. Um, so there was there was a lot there in Robert. I thought the most interesting and definitive thing was a his support of Mac Jones. He made it clear. Personally, I'm still a big fan of Mac Jones. I thought he really mm-hmm. differentiated himself from the head coach who yeah. doesn't seem to be. Is there um, a, ca- a bigger rift between these two than we know about at this point? Is there is there is there tension in the building between owner and coach? Absolutely. But I think there's been tension for 20 years. I don't think there I, I think there's been a winning tension and now there's a losing tension and losing tension is more tense than winning tension. This is a good this is a good point. Right now I can currently hear 
producer Justin Turpin writing down the time codes of this like, ooh, I've never really heard that phrase that way. This might make a nice breakout video on the at Six Rings pod socials to help Indeed. promote Fitzy and Hart's cause. Not but a winning tension, a losing tension, because maybe the greatest accomplishment of Robert Kraft's now three decade plus tenure as owner and president, chairman, whatever of the NEP has been that he kept Brady and Belichick together for as long as they did. And now he's kept Belichick in place, but he is absolutely, in my estimation, just like yours, applying pressure to him. That to me yesterday was an ultimatum. Bill, win, get back to the playoffs, sell me some tickets, get me in the headlines, flex me back into Sunday night football, make me a part of Monday night football's new super flex. I want to be at the top of the headlines for the right reasons again. Otherwise, you may find yourself chasing the Don Shula record in a Chargers uniform. And you'll need to find another job. I won't need to find a replacement for you because I have one. His name is Gerard Mayo because I said, quote, he'll be a head coach. I hope it's with us. Gerard Mayo, one of the keys to the offseason. We saw the press release in early January. And Robert said it was really important to keep him here long term, long term, not for this year, long term, guaranteeing that he'll be a head coach. There's no ceiling on his mm -hmm. coaching success. I mean, we we don't we no longer have to have the debate. He is the coach in waiting. He is the succession plan and the succession plan could take over as early as next winter. You Sunday don't Bill. say now, I, Andy, could you just could you uh, could you humor me a moment, please, sir? Yep. Uh, would you do me a flavor? Um. Where was it first that uh, it was said, I think, in, shall we say, the Patriots media or broadcast community or just in, in Boston? Where was it said first uh, that Gerard Mayo would be the next coach of the New England Patriots? I'm going to guess the Six Rings podcast because everything is said first on the Six Rings podcast. Even bad things, by the way, because mm -hmm. when Robert went on to discuss the experiment and the poor spot that Matt Patricia was put in, that was first predicted a year ago in January by the Six Rings crew. We didn't say it was a good idea. We just said it was a plausible idea that Bill might embrace. He embraced it way more than he should have. Robert let him embrace it, and it was a debacle for everybody yes. involved. I, I said it the night of, the night that press release came out. I was on with Rich Keefe. The press release came out at like 7 o'clock. There was a Mike Giardi tweet letting people know that the Patriots had put out a very unusual press release on a Tuesday at seven, just two days after they were eliminated from postseason contention, ending their 2022 season in Buffalo. And it was, we're pursuing it. We're officially starting a search for an offensive coordinator and we're working hard to retain the services of Gerard Mayo. And I said, right on Rich Keefe's show, I believe at 7.04 PM that night, there is your next head coach of the new England Patriots. Then we podcasted about it. We certified it. We branded it. Please people. If you want our takes, if you want to take snake, co-opt, et cetera, make them your own. That's fine. A little attribution or a hat tip or a, oh, I heard, I picked this up first from um, those two knuckleheads, Fitzy and Hart, fart, you know, whatever you want to call us on the Six Rings pod. Just a little, a little attribution every now and again. I think it would go a long way. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, can I give you the quote of Robert Kraft's media session? One single quote that I pulled out. Wait. We've already run off several that we called the quote. The there's a takeaway. There's a bigger quote than these. Go ahead. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight words. Bill is in charge of my football team. I think that's a really, really. Did I count right? It's eight. Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, he Bill wasn't using. He charge. wasn't using his toe to draw a line in the sand with that one. My football team. <laughs> this my team. 
I put you in charge, which means I can remove you from being in charge. I thought that was the line of the the availability from Robert, and he, it, it is what it is. This is a make or right. We've all, we've all said make or break year for Mac Jones, correct? Ah, uh, yes, we have. Make or break year for Bill Belichick's final days in New England. If they do not wow. make the playoffs, if they are not a good team, now I always leave a little bit of a caveat for. Maybe it's ridiculous. Maybe that, like, maybe they somehow go twelve and five but miss the playoffs or something crazy. But I think if they don't make the playoffs, if they're the mediocre football team they've been for the last few years, I think Bill's going to chase that record elsewhere. I hate to say it. I agree with you. I don't. It's not. Why do you I hate, hate to, to say it? It's okay. No, I to just say said it. no. It's okay. I because it just flies Jesus. in the face of everything. But it's a different time. These aren't the Belichick Brady Patriots anymore. We need to, they are the New England Patriots, but we need to stop looking at them that way. We need to frame our view of the team differently, which now notice I'm segueing right into what I know you've been dying to get into plays into Bill Belichick's grumpiness during his availability at the NFL owners meetings, 2023 and the line, the takeaway from his speaking to the uh, Reese's and the Garigians and the Currens at all yesterday. Andy, you took right to the blogosphere and posted a piece on WEI.com saying that Bill Belichick was living in the past. Why did you feel that? Why were you so impassioned to immediately opinionate and stand atop of uh, the take that is your hill? Because the list of dumbest things Bill Belichick has said in his two plus decades in New England has a new leader in the clubhouse. Mike Reese asked him, why should Patriots fans have optimism heading into 2023? And Bill said, I don't know, the last 25 years, excuse me, the last 25 years suddenly come as a collective group and they matter. Mr. Last week, last month, last year doesn't matter. All that matters is what you do this week, what you do today, what you do in this new season is all that matters. Now he's telling us because they were really dominant in 2003 and 2004, we should believe they're going to be really good, fun, entertaining, and dominant in 2023. Has he slept through? Now, Robert may have slept through the Cam Newton year because he forgot they had a losing record. But has Bill slept through the post-Tom Brady error, error in New England? Not an accent. I chose the word error where he's made, he's wasted money. Robert Kraft brought that up. He's had, he ended up in that error because of bad drafting. And they've been a losing team for two of the last three years. They don't have a playoff win in the last four years. Suddenly, he wants to puff his chest out. And the pin, which is not on his chest, which he supports the initiative. I feel the emotion, Bill. I feel the energy. I feel the passion behind the blue square that you bring. A simple, because there's no place in this world for Jewish hate or hate towards people of the Jewish right. faith. Like the same way he spoke, he he spoke glowingly about Burge's campaign. Yep. Uh, about, you know, coming out uh, in favor of people from uh, Armenia, Armenians, yep. right? Didn't the Armenian speak? genocide and everything that yeah, was going yeah. on over there, like yeah. we need bringing attention to it. Now, quick aside on the blue pin that was way mm -hmm. down in a weird spot on his shirt. Um, forget the quotes and the lack of verbal support, seemingly. Um, there are people that believe he put the pin down there so it wouldn't be on camera. He knew he'd be sitting down and he didn't think it would, you know, he wanted it off camera. The same way that he always moves the NFL yep. network microphone. Yep. And he did in this case, took the microphone and placed it further back on the table. I can't dispute that. I don't know why you would wear the pin in that weird spot down there, other than you don't want it to be on camera. So that why? was weird. Why? Because Why the, wouldn't he want it on camera? He's tough to work with. That's the reality. 
He he's abrasive. He's acerbic. It's his way or the highway. Does not play well with others. But Whatever it's a you want. Great wanna... spotlight for an um, for an awesome campaign for a generous person who, by the way, has probably given him about five hundred million dollars to coach his football team over the last twenty four years. I can't answer those questions, but I can get back to the hypocrite that is Bill Belichick, because he chose in that moment to say there should be excitement. And and by the way, I could have answered the damn question. You know, we've made some really productive changes, we think, this offseason. We've improved our coaching staff. We've improved our roster. We've added weapon. Like, you can go down any road. We have a core of young players that we really think is evolving and developing. There's yep. a million roads to go down. The one road you can't go down is the beep. You know how that commercial, Florida's great, and you try to back up into the parking lot and all your wheels blow up because you backed mm-hmm. over the spike in the rental yeah. car yard? <laughs> yeah. Bill just backed over the spike in the rental car yard. He wanted to go back on vacation, and the vacation's over, and now he's sitting on four flat tires and doesn't know what the hell to do. Honestly. His contradictions it's... piss me off because he has belittled us in the media for talking about the past for the past 20 years, and now he brings up his resume, how insecure could he be? He may be the greatest coach of all time. I don't know. Different debate for a different day. He wanted to put that off as well. But how insecure is he that he feels the need to remind us occasionally of his record, of his Super Bowls, of his successes in the past? Well, guess what, Bill? If you want to be reminded of that, I'm going to remind you of something. And I don't really believe in this argument per se, but if you want to get snippy with your past 25 years, the success you had came with Tom Brady. Fact, not an opinion. It is what it is. You like to say it is what it is. Your greatest success, your consistent success, your dynasty came with Tom Brady. Since you don't have Tom Brady, you ain't never won a playoff game. You've been to the playoffs once. You have two losing seasons. And the genius is being buffed off your bust. So if you want to start looking in the past, we can look at the past in a variety of ways. Yes, there was success. No one tried to take that from him. No one has said he wasn't a good coach or didn't win a lot of games or didn't win a lot of Super Bowls. But we're also obvious to Bill, you told us all that matters is the here and now. And in the here and now, you're a middling, mediocre football team that needs to get better. Or, by the way, the owner said your job is in question. Ooh, man, we are going to take a network TV timeout, let Andy Hart take a seat on the bench, get a Gatorade, nice cold towel on that one because that take was scalding. And, I, you know, a lot of people, Andy, don't disagree with, with everything you said. In fact, you can't disagree week, with what I said. It no, was all fact. I, I don't. It, all was all, it was all fact. It's a, it's a crying shame. I don't understand why. You know, sometimes the, uh, the phrase that I developed last year during the draft, a draft that was hit that, you know, yes, I did highlight at one point that all 10 players from last year's draft contributed in their win on the road with Bailey Zappi starting against Cleveland. It was a, a, I, it was a more positive than negative draft, but everything about the way he's gone about his business in recent years, what's my operating phrase? Obtusely Belichickian. And yesterday he was at the pinnacle, the apex, the zenith, every SAT word for top, hilt, mountain peak of being obtusely Belichickian. With the NFL Network microphone, the gingham shirt and the freaking shorts, the button down on his belly, not answering any question pleasantly or directly, having no humility, more hubris than necessary, name checking his resume, like saying resume people, scoreboard people, demanding uh, fealty and loyalty to him because of what he's done, as if nobody else contributed to the double dynastic run, which, by the way, is getting further and further and further in the rear view and getting smaller and smaller and smaller and making people sadder and sadder and sadder. All you had to do, 
just a little humility, just a little bit of, you know, last year we tried to do things a certain way. It didn't work. I have helped along with many great coaches, players, Robert's uh, uh, generosity and commitment to us set a standard here, and we failed to live up to that standard last year. So I pledge as coach of the New England Patriots to do a better job. It began Our job immediately began January 9th. It has continued through free agency. We feel like we're in a better place. We can't wait for the draft. This is our time to rise back up to the standard that I helped us set. And then we would have said, you know Love what, it. Bill, you're damn right. You are the coach of the Patriots. I will go to battle with you. I will sacrifice half my year watching this football team and spend the rest of it talking about it because of what you just got me fired up for, as opposed to, I don't know, the last 25 years. Thanks, Bill. You know what I needed to be reminded of? The, uh, I don't know, things haven't been all that thin around here. Yeah, come same on. thing. Yep, same come thing. Come on. Don't play the hits. Straighten Glory it out. Days. Let's go. Glory. He might as well have ah. got out his Al Bundy, put his hand down his pants, and said, I had four touchdowns once. Like, he's living in the past. He's living in the glory days, and it's sad. It so really is sad. It's sad. Sad. <sighs> Anyone say anything else that we need to go over? I think we've uh, I think we've hit the highlights of both Robert and Bill from uh... – Yeah, for no, the man. most part. Like, I actually – Oh, no, the quarterback thing. I want one about this. Just freaking say – no, uh, we'll get when he answers Karen Garrigan, like, oh, we'll give all the we'll give all the players a chance to play. Everybody's going to play. Andy, was that all right? Multiple choice. Andy Hart, was that quote about everyone getting a chance to play? Was that a motivation for Mac Jones? B proof that he still doesn't like Mac Jones and there's tension between them or C irritation because he knows Lamar Jackson and the choice to have him is on the horizon dropped on his lap from his owner who loves mentioning that celebrities text him. Um, I think he doesn't like Mac Jones uh, and, and it's a, it's a stark contrast. And Chris Mason did a good job going back, getting the quote from the summer where he basically transitioned Mac into the Brady role. Like we're going to do everything to support Mac as the quarterback of this football team, the way they did for Tom for 20 years, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, well, he can play in this league, but everybody's going to get a chance to play. Everybody gets a chance to play around here. Um, and then uh, I wasn't sure, but Robert clarified it for me. Robert Kraft a little while later when Robert said, I personally am a big fan of Mac Jones. Oh, so the owner is still a big fan. It's the head coach who's no longer a big fan. And why is that? Because the quarterback had the audacity to, to voice and show his frustrations eight months into the experiment that nearly ruined his career and ruined the Patriots franchise and put poor Matt Patricia in a place where he is now an NFL cast off, even though he's a good coach and a smart guy and a hard worker, as Robert Kraft said. You, Bill, your one decision ruined your relationship with Robert, ruined your relationship with your quarterback, screwed Matt Patricia. It was an absolute debacle. But now I, I do think Bill is holding... Um, is holding the 2022 season against Mac Jones. And I do, there, there's a disconnect there between the head coach and the quarterback. That's just me reading the tea leaves. Earlier in this podcast, I, uh, I asked, if not opined for people to just give us a little credit every now and again, that some of the takes, some of the theories and ideas we introduce here on the Six Rings podcast are actually pretty sharp, pretty salient, and a lot of them actually come to pass. And then other people take, snake them, and don't give us any credit. Yep. If Bill Belichick had just listened to Andy Hart and gone with Nick Cayley as the play caller last year, he could have either A, realized he had a play caller and offensive coordinator of the future in waiting by his side and then not even needed to go through the Billy O'Brien hit 
uh, routine and nonsense, whether people think that's a good idea or not. And B, avoided the Matt Patricia crap show, which has now strained his relationship with his quarterback, strained his relationship with his owner, strained his relationship with his friend Matt Patricia, and strained his relationship with his fan base that has pledged loyalty and bent the knee to him for almost two and a half decades. It was such a terrible idea. It uh, it almost now, Andy, May, we and we batted this around last week on the Middays with Foria. What's the one thing you'd go back in time to undo in the last five years? And no, you can't say, uh, you know, hold on to Tom Brady. Mine was, I think the obvious answer for most is don't go with the Patricia experiment. Let Nick Cayley do it. If Cayley works out, great. If he doesn't, then you go get Bill O'Brien. But at least you swung for the, you took the appropriate swing for the fences. And you swung Mine, with a bat, not a piece yeah. of spaghetti. <laughs> Yeah, not a yeah, not a not a handful of you know wet bamboo. <laughs> you actually used a real baseball bat. Yep. <laughs> but uh, mine was they missed their opportunity to begin this rebuild in 2020 by not just going complete tankola. They, yeah, I, I, well, now, I argued for that at the time. I know it was pre yep. six rings, but I argued for that at the time. People can I, say. Bill, Bill will never tank. Bill will never lose. And I said, yeah, but Bill says yep. he does what's in the best interest of the football team. And you can argue that's in the best interest of the football team. So you mm -hmm. avoid this middle of the pack mediocre. Cause I, the one thing Bill said that I really agree with is mm -hmm. we've been competitive. We've yep. been competitive and we're no, going to continue say, yep. to make, and, and I agree with him. The problem is you're just competitively mediocre. You're not entertaining. You're not getting to the playoffs. You're not You're not fulfilling your fans' wishes to be entertaining. Andy Hart, right? Rule number one, Andy mm -hmm. Hart, be entertaining. It's sports entertainment. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you also should probably please your boss, who, who's really important, because he let you know uh, Bill is in charge of my football team, MY. You know, what do they write when you put, like, make, make it capital and put, like, emphasis mine? You put in parentheses as, like, if you're writing it. Yeah, emphasis is mine on my, but I heard the emphasis from Robert Kraft. So, Bill... <laughs> It's just he could have avoided this, but he and and you're right. I would take Matt Patricia that decision redo, take a mulligan on that over the Brady thing mm -hmm. anytime. I think you can argue the Brady thing was the wrong the right decision that worked out poorly, that just looked really yep. bad. Right. This was never the right decision. It was never the right decision last February, last March, last April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. <laughs> never the right decision. Never once was it the right decision. No argument nope. could be made that it was. No one could make the argument other than Bill half-heartedly saying, well, a good coach is a good coach. Really, Bill? That, that's all you got? Good coach is a good coach? Like, okay. I And I, I, I wanted well, them to Tony stay. LaRusse, they should have brought Tony LaRusa in to run the offense. He's Bill. Sure, coach. why not? He's a, he, a friend he's of Bill's. Coach, right? Yeah, he understands Tony coaching. Oh, yeah. coach, right? Scoring, defense, or, yeah, all that, sure. Or, How or about Brad Stevens? Brad, Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. He was available. Well, he wasn't available at the time, but during the season he was available. You know. Not sure, Robert. But wants but, to but the entertainment factor that I tried to convince myself was worth the, was worthwhile in the 2020 season. Now, in hindsight, they absolutely never should have brought in Cam Newton. They should have started Jarrett Stidham. They should have ridden they rid him with Stidham, and they should have traded Joe Tooney, traded a couple other players that anyone would have had interest in. Stockpiled draft picks. You had the you you Andy. They had the gift the freaking gift of no fans in the stands to complain or boo for the team going in the old tank Ola that season. It would have been the easiest get out of jail free card. The team and franchise would have ever had strip it down to the strip it down to the chassis and rebuild the car and sell off all the parts. 
then now you'd probably have a better roster to be able to try to keep up with the Philadelphias and the Buffaloes who stripped it down and rebuilt through the draft and then made some clever trades and proper free agency signings. I shame. On, I'm not going to say shame on me for rooting for it and getting buying into the Cam Newton season and everything else, but they really should have just sold off all the parts and truly begun anew with Mac Jones. But Hey, listen, if spots candies and nuts, it would all be a Merry Christmas. Uh, that's the, that's like two of the six rings and football things. Super pod coming out of the owners meetings. Follow us. If you get a chance, tell us we're idiots. Thank us for the takes or at least appreciate the entertainment information analysis and more at Fitzy GFY at jumbo heart. And of course at six rings pod final leg here, Andrew, here we go. A little Pat's parade, just, uh, everything else that has swirled around Pat's nation the last couple of days or weeks since we last we're able to proper pod together. If anybody would like to get a hold of some prospect deep dives as it pertains to the 2023 NFL draft, which is coming up in just one month's time, don't forget popping up in your feed once or twice a week from now until draft day is Six Rings and Prospect Things, part of the Six Rings Network here, if you will, where Shime Time and Andy Hart break down position by position the best prospects at each position as well as their fit in the future of Foxborough. Um, but right now, Andy, uh, I want to get to first the the words from new Broncos coach Sean Payton, mm. who said that his receivers, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, are in fact unavailable and they are not looking to trade either of the receivers at this time. Since it seems like the D hop uh saga debacle uh trade market uh, is sagging or it's not coming to fruition. And who knows where he's going to end up? Seems not likely Foxborough at this point. Jerry Judy is the one that I most want and would spend high capital on because I do believe his ceiling is the highest of all potential wide receiver ones that could be either found via free agency or the trade market. That's not going to happen, it seems. Or is this posturing by Sean Payton to try to get whoever really wants him to pay top, top, top dollar like sticker plus for a receiver that I truly believe has wide receiver one like A.J. Brown and Steph Diggs written all over. So as the million-dollar man used to say, everybody's got a price, and that's what Sean Payton's doing. I do think he's trying to fluff up the trade market, um, but my response would be a simple one because not you're not the only one on this podcast who can use uh, lines from dated movies. Mm -hmm. My response to Sean Payton would be, Zay, hello to my little friend. Zay Flowers. I don't need your freaking Jerry Judy because Zay Flowers Look is available. Look at you. Wow. He can be at number one, and I don't have to pay anything to him other than 14th pick in the draft. So Zay it is. So my friends. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm done with all these old or potentially costly or got to trade, got to pay him options. The obvious option, Bill, just turn to your right when you turn out of Gillette Stadium drive up the road route one turns into 95 that will take you to the Boston well not directly but you know you got a couple side roads GPS it to the Boston you College probably take the pike or maybe route yes. nine to get to BC yeah go get Zay Flowers stop screwing around with all this other stuff build a young football team Robert said he likes to draft Robert said you win Super Bowls by having 12 to 15 core players who were drafted Zay Jones, Zay Flowers. I think I said Not Zay, Zay Jones. Jones. Although he's had a nice comeback. He's fine. Zay Flowers is better than Zay Jones. Zay Flowers is going to be a star NFL receiver. Zay Flowers is the answer to the Patriots offensive needs. Screw Judy. Screw Sean Payton. Take your ball and go home in the mile okay, high. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I agree with you that I agree with you that drafting Zay Flowers after 
uh, the co- after the show he put on at the Combine, the way that they were all over him like flies on stink at the East-West Shrine game, the way that he stood out at the BC Pro Day last week, and our own Kyrie Thompson had a chance to talk to him, and he joined us on Sunday on the radio and said he's impressive in every aspect from the interview to his compete level to his football intelligence and, of course, his incredible skill set on field. Bill O'Brien worked him out on every route, every angle he possibly could. It seems a perfect fit. Perfect. But I want to almost, dare I say, nope. call hypocrisy here. Hypocrisy because who banged the drum for the New England Patriots to trade away their first-round draft pick for a receiver heading towards his next big contract in the NFL? And then when it was said that that receiver was unavailable, moved off that spot. Well, now I've got a different receiver crush who also could be had for the same draft capital. And, oh, you're tired of that. Oh, you don't want to hear anything about that. Just because Jerry Judy may be better than T. Higgins in his NFL career doesn't mean that you can't own up or just at least offer a pinch of mea culpa. Unlike Bill Belichick, I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm moving forward. I'm looking toward the future. And the future is Zay Flowers. T. Higgins was – I would still take T. Higgins, by the way. Uh, yeah, of course. Because I think T. Higgins – is a more surefire number one than Jerry Judy. I like Jerry Judy. I don't think Jerry Judy is is bad. Um, I'm not sure he's a transformational offensive weapon. And that would, it, he's a little bit like Lamar Jackson, where we started in the firsts. I think Lamar is really good and really fun and makes you better. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure Lamar is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Jerry Judy makes you better. He becomes your best wide receiver. But I'm not sure he is an elite, true, top half, top 12, number one wide receiver. And because of that, I have to trade for him and pay him. And Mm -hmm. also what bothers me is the timetable. Quick turnaround on when I need to make financial decisions, whether I, you know, whether I'm going to marry him long term. Same thing with T. Higgins. It's no different. Oh, T. Higgins, I'm all in on. T. Higgins, I think, is a number one wide receiver. And so is Jerry. Have you looked at Jerry Judy's numbers compared to Devontae? Adams over their first three years. Numbers Numbers are for losers. Bill Belichick told me that once, but now he believes in numbers. So I don't know which, I don't know whether stats are for losers anymore or not. Bill has me so, so confused. I tried to follow Bill's, Bill's philosophies and his tenets. And now he's talking in circles and contradicting himself. Anyone else smell this? God, you are so full of it more than a Christmas turkey. Your eyes are turning brown. My God. I'm, Listen I'm to you. Just twist. Bill broke me. Twisted. I thought he, he had did. created he some consistency. I thought there were like base beliefs in the Patriot way, the Belichickian way, and he's broken all of them. He's a hypocrite, and now I don't know where to turn. So I'll turn to youth, and I'll turn to Zay Flowers, baby. Polk You've high got rules. familiarity between Jerry Judy and Mac Jones. You've got a receiver that most people can see is on the ascent to being a true elite number one. He so was you'd second give him in the hundred million. Uh, absolutely. What I trade? What I trade? Would I fourteenth pick and hundred million dollars? I I'll do the fourteenth pick and I'll do it. Yeah, just the same way they did with AJ Brown, just the same way they did with Steph Diggs. You've got a quarterback that you can still control the cost of, but he needs a true elite number one to make this offense pop. And while Zay Flowers would arguably become that receiver, Jerry Judy is a proven commodity that is on the ascent to being a breakout star. And you have a chance to get him, line him up with his former college quarterback. And just watch the fireworks. I think he would be an absolute stud anywhere he goes, but especially in Foxborough. And if that was the price, hell, maybe I have Denver throw me back a fourth, just to you know, just a little something to sweeten the pot to make me feel good. That doesn't. Yeah, just I don't know. Just would make me feel good. It's just one of those things. Like, yeah, just throw this in. You know, like yeah, you might punter with that pick. Yeah, I bought. I bought. Hey, you never know. Listen, they need one right now. Don't give me anything about the left-footed punter the Patriots signed last week. Talk about can't body USA. He was the top punter in the NFL last year. 
Where? In Denver. He punted more than anybody. So he was the top. Yeah, I was going to say he had, he had plenty of opportunity last year. Oh, great. Here's the Denver. The old 96er. I exactly. Uh, if I finish the grizzly, you throw in hats and t-shirts for the kids. Yeah. I, wrong I, with me? I'm, I'm making for... dated references. Like I'm, I'm positive. Oh, man. What a, I feel what like a... you and I don't like it. Oh, stop it. Uh, Vegas has released their Super Bowl odds and win total futures <laughs> for the New England Patriots in 2023. Most would argue the Patriots are in a better spot now than they were a year ago with a better roster. That's improving. The draft is at hand and they actually have a proper offensive coordinator. So why Andy, is their win total a full game under 2022's? Vegas has them listed at seven and a half. Well, first of all, to win the Super Bowl, you have to make the playoffs. They're coming off a playoff-free season in which every team in their division got significantly better. So they could be better and still finish fourth in their division, which would mean it'd be really hard to make the playoffs, even though it is possible, Rich Keefe, that you could have all four teams make the playoffs out of one division. I know Rich got into a fight mathematically with a lot of people last year about that. And then second, I do think there's some doubt as to whether they're a better football team. I mean. You could argue you lost your best offensive passing game player in Jacoby mm -hmm. Myers, mm -hmm. and you lost your um, most important defensive player in Devin McCourty, the only guy who logged a thousand snaps played for your defense, the guy in the back end who makes sure that, you know, it doesn't hit the fan downfield, those types of things. So I think there's actually some debate as to whether they are a better football team. Now, coaching, they're better. If you include Bill O'Brien in that, that's a huge um, factor in the positive direction, but mm -hmm. I think it's the bigger issue is this. Oh, wait, what am I doing? I'm looking up. Oh, and that's the Jets with, I think, Aaron Rodgers, but he's not there yet. Oh, and Mecole Hardman and Alan Lazard and maybe OBJ. Yeah, but none of those matter if Aaron Rodgers isn't there because you, you need a quarterback. So yeah, they better do. get yeah, Aaron Rodgers. really do. Yeah. Oh, wait, is that who? Is that Jalen Ramsey? What's, what's Jalen Ramsey doing in the AFC East? I didn't, who's Bradley Chubbs here for a full season? Oh, those dolphins look like they're decent. They're coaches. Who's their quarterback, year. though? Oh, is that the know, Bills? Tom Brady. <laughs> it could be Tom Brady. Don't discount that. Is that the Bills way up there? Oh, wait. Oh, they have Stephon Diggs, but they had a down year. Excuse me. I'm being told they may get DeAndre Hopkins as their number two receiver. Is that that? Oh, that's a pause. That's the problem. You're looking up at some pretty good talent. And they have Damian Harris, and they may get Von and Von Miller may return. He will After return. His injury last year, he will return, and that made a huge difference in their defense. A lot of things that can be traced back to the downward spiral of the bills last year kind of were part and parcel with Miller's injury. Like even though they still had plenty yeah. of talent on the outside, like that made a massive difference on their season and Brian Dable being gone, but you know, year two, yeah, Ken Dorsey did fine, but uh, he'll, he'll be better be year better. two would he'll be, be my guess, right? Year two, he'll yeah. be better. So I, I think that is a big part of it. And Oh, the other thing is, and Bill's probably calling Vegas, all the various sports books and the people that set these right. lines. Bill wanted to remind them that he used to be a really good coach for a really good team for the past 25 years. And they're not, they're not giving him credit for 2003, 2004 and, and everything like they should. So once he gets in touch with some of those bookmakers, oh those odds will change. Oh my, will they? Because, uh, no, plus won't. 800 to win the AFC East. And then, uh, was it plus 800 to win the AFC East or to make the playoffs? I think to win the East. Yeah, it's plus 800 or plus 1,000, depending on which sports book you look at. And then their Super Bowl odds, longest ever in the Belichick era in Foxborough, 70 to 1. And behind, Those... like, the Bears and the Panthers and, like, teams well, that the are Bears either have had a dominant or... off. Bears have just crushed this offseason the same way the Jets did last year. That's why the Jets have put themselves in a position to succeed if and when Aaron Rodgers 
does emerge from the darkness or at least uh, wrestles free from the Green Bay contractual squabble with the Jets as to who's going to trade for what. Uh, it's no easy road. It is no easy road for the Patriots. I mean, these are just facts. These numbers, this is the reality we live in. And it's it, no wonder why Belichick is so damn grumpy. Uh, finally, Andy, last yes. bit. Right before, right before we went to podcast, we saw on the socials, Tom Brady posted photographs, a mm. joyful set of photographs. It's now about one hour ago. Um, when I look at these photographs, the only thing I think is I need to be hearing uh, playing with the boys from the Top Gun soundtrack in the background. It's a four photograph set. First one is Tom Brady looking especially fit. Uh, well, he's, he's got eating a, again. And he's got uh, two scars on his lower right abdomen, which I had never really seen before. But now maybe he wasn't buffing them out before in any shirtless photograph. All the different surgeries he's probably had for sports hernia and more. He's throwing a football shirtless on a beach, probably in South Florida. It looks lovely. Damn it. I wish I was there. There's a friend who looks like he's kind of bearded with sunglasses. Looks like he has uh, the body of one of us behind him. And the next photograph it's Rob Gronkowski with his suit hanging off. I can see his untanned ass cheeks hanging out in the water as he's holding on to one of those handheld jet skis. He's got a snorkel on. He's looking like uh, he's got goggles on. He's having a gronktastic time. And the next photograph, it's Dola and Jules, each with cocktail in hand, both shirtless, ripped, fitter than I've ever seen them, having a grand old time. And then in the final picture, it's all of them hanging out together with mega yachts in the distance. Andy, is this Brady just showing off that he's having fun after football, that life continues after the NFL? Is this Brady just getting the guys together as a thank you for partaking in the ridiculous parade of stars and cameos that was 80 for Brady? Or is he letting us know he's getting the band back together for one no, last I, kick at the can in the NFL? No, I think it's... um it's a response to Bill Belichick's last 25 years comment showing him that the last 25 years is playing beach football and enjoying retirement. And last 25 years isn't walking through that door. The reasons you were good are all drinking cocktails and having fun. Like, as you said, it's a, it's a montage from a popular movie. That's what this is. Don't tell me this timing is coincidental. This timing is him answering Bill Belichick. Oh, and by the way, Jules, oh. uh, I've never seen Edelman. So, I mean, Dola looks phenomenal. Jules is absolutely ripped my god he is he ridiculous uh he does like to a point where i don't care what kind of shape his knee is in the veins in his legs have veins coming out of them and not the kind of bad ones that i had removed surgically years ago holy smokes but producer justin turpin chiming in right now um in the final good slide good catch in the final slide with the mega yachts in the distance it looks like there is a slightly shorter uh elder statesman and he asks, is that Robert Kraft in the last slide? Oh, it definitely is. It's is 100% it so? Robert. No, no, no. It's, it's a fact because Al, his assistant, is standing uh, about four yards to the right. That is absolutely Robert on the beach in a uh, in pants and a, and a shirt. So, no, that's Robert. What's now, he doing down there? Part, I mean, my God. Where, no, rich what is people. Going There's yachts there. He's rich. Maybe one of them's his yacht. I don't know. Why are we questioning it? Look at the, the, look glory at all the fun days. he's having. Everybody who was part of the glory days except Bill is on the beach enjoying He's life. so desperate. He even wants a whiff of the glory days. He's like, Tom, can I just watch you guy? Can I watch you and Jules just be shirtless and have fun together? Oh, my God. Look at that. 
Yeah, for one brief moment, I entertained the idea that this was a get ready to see the 2023 Dolphins come together, and I wanted to throw up through my eyes, nose, and mouth. Instead, it's just them having fun. Oh, we all pine for it. What a week. I didn't even... Two days ago, I was thinking, what are we going to talk about Tuesday when we record our midweek six rings and football things? And now here we are, an hour and three action-packed segments in. So much discussion, so little time. If any news breaks, we'll return to the podcast Ateria later this week and give you a hot, fresh perspective on six rings and football things. Otherwise, we hope you enjoyed the latest and greatest edition of six rings and football things brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 sports tune in later in the week for another episode of six rings and prospect things where shime and Hart will take a look at who's available at another position of interest for your new England Patriots in the upcoming draft until then for everyone involved in this production, Steven Spielberg, Steven Sondheim, Steven Merchant, all the Stevens, Nick Stevens as well, Andy Hart, producer Justin Turpin. Thanks for listening to Six Rings and Football Things. We appreciate you very much being a part of our growing football community. Remember, the takes are for are there for the taking. Just maybe a little hat tip and a hello and a thanks back to your friends, Fitzy and Hart. Take care, everybody. As always, good day. God bless. Go Pats. <laughs>